0: Welcome to the Introspective Fox podcast. I'm Nissa here to talk with you about spirituality and psychology. Today, because it's leading up to Christmas, I was thinking we can start talking about those troubled family members. Maybe you're the black sheep. Maybe, you know, you don't get along with your family for various reasons. We all have our reasons. But um, that's what I want to talk to you guys about being that it's December, and today I was thinking we could talk about flying monkeys. So to be honest, I really haven't thought about flying monkeys or the term flying monkeys in a really long time because it's not something I generally struggle with in my life, but it is a popular thing when dealing with narcissistic people. So without further ado, let's just jump in. So as you know, or oh, I think everyone knows that narcissistic people like to have this lovely narrative that they're the victim and they're right and everybody else is wrong and they've been mistreated and bad things have happened to them, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of accepting any responsibility in any scenario, they just complain about how they are the victim. But eventually, People kind of wise up to this factor, especially after many years of narcs going on about the same drama all the time. And then who are they going to be the victim for when everyone's kind of already figured out the truth or moved on or doesn't want to hear it? You can imagine how tedious it would be to listen to someone complain about, you know, a marriage breakdown or, um, you know, a loss of a friendship or something like this. When they're just going on and on and on about it all the time for so long, eventually people don't want to hear it. They're sick of it. They're over it. People want to talk about happier things. If you're the person who's always coming with your negative shit to the party, no one's interested in your pity party. So eventually, narcs run out of people to talk to and have their pity party with. That's a sad fact for them. Another thing that narcissistic people do is they try and get everyone around them on their side. So that could be like uh, friends, family, you know, their own children, siblings, whoever, sort of get them on their side against the person that they don't like. This happens with like black sheeps of the family. Like if there's one person who's the black sheep that the narc will convince everyone else that that particular person is bad. And they're so bad because of all these reasons. And this is particularly bad when it happens uh, to young children because their siblings might grow up agreeing with the parent because they don't know any better. And it's really hard to uncondition the mind of these things. But because narcissists don't take any responsibility for their behavior and they continue on this cycle what they often do when they've realized that they've like lost control or as a way to sort of get more control is they employ i guess they they become friends with what are known as flying monkeys and flying monkeys i believe is a term from the wizard of oz when the evil witch sets the monkeys out to go and get Dorothy and the dog and whatnot but it's carried over to narcissistic abuse so what narcs do is they'll befriend someone usually someone with a pretty weak mind who doesn't have a lot going on someone who's insecure unsure of themselves lacks confidence this kind of thing or it could be someone who's grown up around narcs and really struggles to have a good sense of self and again i would call that not oh i don't want to use the term weak personality but essentially lack of personality because they kind of need to be controlled by others to get a sense of self-worth which is a very unfortunate way to be so what they do is they get these these kinds of people and they befriend them and then they tell them their pity party stories oh, I was treated like this and this person done that and these people don't understand and, oh, it's unfair, poor me and all this stuff. And then their flying monkey, who's their new best friend, goes off into the world and spreads their agenda. So the narc doesn't even have to tell their story anymore. They've roped in little minions to go out and do their bidding for them that's what they do and they'll be friends with these people and these people often have no place or business involved in any of this narrative and story. So let's use an example. So for my example I'm going to use a relationship breakdown because I tend to find that's when narcs are most prevalent like they want other people to be on their side about how they perceive someone who they think has wronged them. So as an example, what they might do is you'll have this, let's say, a couple who was married and got divorced. So you got this divorced couple. So let's say the woman's the narc and the guy's just a regular guy who did whatever. Say the relationship broke down a long time ago, let's say 10 years ago, because that's a decent amount of time. And I've I've known narcs who are still going on about divorces that happened 15, 20 years ago, and that's the kind of... Thing that they do. So that's why I'm drawing this inspiration. So let's say this this couple, they left each other like 10 years ago for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter because the woman's the narc and she's going to make her own narrative. So what might happen is after about a decade, no one's really interested in hearing about how your ex was so mean and all this stuff. Everyone's like, you know, you should really kind of get over it. No one's interested because when breakups are new um, and people have this idea about gossip, that I don't know, it kind of really draws everyone together as a society and it's kind of important because you need to know like who's dangerous and who's safe from an animalistic perspective. So, you know, gossip in a sense isn't evil, but evil people tend to gossip more, which is interesting. And because we don't have any of those real dangerous threats, people tend to like really um, blow out of proportion what like little threats we do have in life. And I could go on about that for a whole half hour, but let's let's move on. So after about 10 years, no one cares about this relationship breakdown anymore. But of course, the narc's not getting any, any energy from anyone anymore because nobody's listening to their story. So what they do is they got to find new people, new people to bring into the fold, right? And obviously, the people who were involved in the original story – can't be controlled because they were a there and b it's been so long that they don't care. So what they do is they get these new people involved in the story and these are the flying monkeys, right? So they start making friends with them, just people who weren't around at that time or have nothing to do with it. And these might be friends of the um ex-partner or friends of like children who've been in the relationship or um, even the parents of friends, um, it, pa- so like the the children from the relationship that's broken down, those kids as friends, as parents, that kind of thing, like anyone sort of external to the situation that they can rope in to help them like, you know, to still cause pain to other people. So here they are telling their story to these new people and like, oh, it's so bad what my ex did to me blah 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 you can fill in whatever you like there whatever they've picked and then that person takes it on board because they are friends with the narc and they have no intention of going and getting to know the other person or anything about their life so they're only getting this one side of the story and like I said these people who are sucked into this trap are often like already a little bit weaker in personality and mind like low self-esteem not a lot of, like, interests, hobbies, or strong personal relationships. The relationships that they do have, these flying monkeys, probably very volatile relationships, they don't have any strong connections or bonds in their lives. So that's why they're latching onto the narcs and, like, taking everything they say to heart because they're so desperate for love, affection, and attention that they'll basically unconsciously do anything in order to receive those kinds of what they perceive as love and affection. So then the flying monkeys got all these ideas that the Narcs told him about how awful the ex-partner is and, you know, they're convinced. They're convinced that that's awful. And then what do they do? Because obviously they're also looking for love and, and attention. And the other thing is, is that probably deep inside them spiritually somewhere, they know it's not true because everyone's got their own like bullshit detector. And I like to think that even these kinds of people kind of know it's not true. So what do they do? They go seek to confirm. But how do they confirm? Not by going to the source and speaking to the ex or something like that. No, no. They go around to other people who are involved in the story, who are still friends with the other person who's not the narc. So in this, it would be the the man of the relationship that we're in our hypothetical and they seek people in that guy's life and ask them like, oh, how can you be friends with them? Cause they're so bad. How can you like care about them? How can you still speak to them? Cause they're so bad. And don't you know what they did to that person? Because they're trying to validate these feelings inside them. And they're trying to strengthen the sick bond that they have with the narc because it's the only relationship they have and these are the only types of attachments that they can form. So instead of having healthy relationships, um, this is kind of how they operate because they're not at a emotionally aware level to process what's going on and they don't set good boundaries because if they did set good boundaries, they wouldn't engage with narcissistic people. So that's in a nutshell what flying monkeys are and... I guess if you feel like trapped in a way that you need to go and convince other people that someone you know is so bad, then you should know that you're probably a flying monkey and that you're doing the bid of a narcissistic abuser. And if that makes you feel good, that's really unfortunate for you. So what can you do? The first thing you can do is get a hobby. And seriously, like, I don't want to say get a life because that sounds mean, but The more protective factors we have over ourselves, the less likely we are to be sucked into these narc traps. So if you have interests, hobbies, a strong sense of self and self-confidence and self-worth, you're not going to be sucked into this kind of bullshit, petty, emotional drama that a lot of people can get sucked into. So yeah, get a life. No, no, no. Get a hobby first. Find things that you like to do and do it for yourself and be happy that's step one I think I would um, spend less time gossiping about other people because when you're filling your mind with crap you got no space for good stuff so there's this quote that I want to bring up because I think it really illustrates the point I'm trying to make here and I don't know who came up with this quote but it's something I've heard growing up I've heard it my whole life and its great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. So, if you find yourself discussing people, you're small. If you want to be great, discuss ideas. So, what can you do if you're encountering a flying monkey who's going on at you about stuff that nobody cares about? Uh, <laughs> so, I just I have so little like um. I have so little value on these things. I just see them as like petty and obviously having dealt with this kind of stuff my whole life, I'm no longer interested in this kind of behavior. It's just so small to me. So I'm sorry if it's coming across a bit hum-ha. Anyways, so what can you do if you're in a situation where you've got this flying monkey pissing you off and going on about like other people that they don't know and have nothing to do with? Step one. Don't engage. Do not engage. That's what I always say. And that's what I'll say about narcs as well. Do not engage. Stick to simple things. Yes, no, don't explain. Don't explain. The best way for them to learn is through action. And if you have to explain yourself to them, you're battling with them. The best thing you can do is not engage. And dealing with narcs, set firm boundaries. This is an example for you guys. A firm boundary is state what you want and consequences if it doesn't happen. So for example, if if you've got someone coming over talking smack about someone in your life and you don't like it, you don't say things like, when you talk like this, it makes me feel bad and I'd appreciate it if you didn't do this. That's just your feelings. You've set no boundaries. So what you can do is this. I don't like you talking like that about those people. If you come over here and stay, say things like that, you will leave. And you, I won't have you back here. If you do this, this will happen. Firm boundaries. Not I feel like. That never works. And you can implement the feel and consequence thing in any, any aspect of your life. You can do that anywhere with other people as well. It doesn't have to be knocks or flying monkeys. You can put that in anywhere. That's a really good strategy so that people know where they stand and know the consequences. You can do it with your boss. You know, if you keep making me work overtime, I'm going to have to quit because I don't have this kind of time. See? Yeah. Simple. Not, I feel like you're giving me too much overtime. People do care how you feel, However, it's important that we don't put our feelings in other people's hands. This is a common relationship dynamic that happens outside of narcs, monkeys and abusers. It's just that we put our feelings in other people's hands. So you might say to your partner, I feel like you're taking me for granted. I feel like I'm made to do everything. I feel like. And they're just like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you haven't given any solutions and you haven't given any boundaries you could say things like when I ask you to do the dishes and then I come home and find they're not done I feel like you're taking advantage of me and this is not something I want if you can't do the dishes you know we need to find a solution because it's not my job or something like this but you know personal relationships a little bit more about compromise there in the romantic relationships so you can't just be like you don't do the dishes I'm gonna leave you but I mean it's one of those things like if you're constantly being taken advantage of and your partner's not acknowledging it at all um yeah leave that's abusive but setting firm boundaries is important like grandparents for example if you want to come over here and buy a gift for one child you have to buy a gift for the other child you know, let's say it's not a birthday or a special occasion. They're just visiting and they buy a gift for one kid and not the other kid. You can just say, like, if you can't buy gifts for both my children, please don't come. Or please don't bring any gifts because this isn't fair. You know, something like that. You can't just tell them, oh, you know, when you do this, the kids feel like that. They won't care. That's not their problem. You've got to have clear outlining boundaries because the way you interpret your feelings is not the way everybody else interprets feelings. You know, sometimes when we get... People get angry, right? And then someone might be angry and they might feel scared that they're angry. Some people might get angry and feel frustrated that they get angry. Some people might get angry and feel, I don't know, invigorated. Who knows who that is. But your feelings and how you feel about things aren't consistent with other people because they're not physical things and the way you feel about something and the way you interpret those feelings are going to be different like there's people who when they feel happy get scared the happy man syndrome you know or lucky man syndrome i think it's called but i don't think it's a real syndrome i think that's just a saying but essentially when you feel like too many good things are happening you have an overwhelming sense of dread that something bad is about to happen Whereas some people can just be happy and excited all the time and feel content with that. So the way you feel about things and the way you feel about those things aren't universal, but physical realm things are interpreted physically and they have boundaries, whereas feelings are broad and sort of a mess. But if you say, if you do that, I'll ask you to leave and that's it. But you can't say, if you do that, I'll ask you to leave and I expect you to be happy about it and not cause any drama and be nice and understand why I've done it. You can't do that. You can only do the first part. If you do this, I expect you to leave. I will kick you out. And then however they interpret that, that is their problem. That's not your problem. You got to stick to your boundaries. But this is something that the monkeys can't do because they're people pleasers and they're pleasing the wrong kinds of people. Because if they put boundaries down with the Narc and just went to the people who were being gossiped about and abused by the Narc and said, Oh, I'm really sorry, but your mom is talking such crap about you, or you know, your your other parent. And it must be a hard situation to live with that kind of thing. Because ultimately. That, that the person in our hypothetical scenario, the mom or the, the woman in the relationship, if there's kids involved and she's talking crap about the other party, all she's doing is hurting the kids. That's all it ever does. When you're a parent, you talk smack about the other parent. All you're doing is hurting the kids. It doesn't matter how old your children are. That's still their parent and that's still a sacred relationship. And it's got nothing to do with anyone else except for the kids and the parent. There's kids whose you know their mom was beaten up by their father, but that doesn't mean that their father is a bad father to them. It means he's a crappy partner, but he might be the best dad in the world. We don't know. and they might they might have a great relationship with their kids. But going around and trying to get kids to actively not want to have parents is so sad and abusive. It's really, really nasty. I mean, In a hypothetical scenario, say there's like a relationship like that where the parents are divorced, it's been 10 years, the kids are there and they still have a relationship with both parents, obviously probably strained with the narcissistic one because the kids are probably aware of how that person is and the compromises they have to make in order to maintain a relationship with that person. And then that person is trying to turn them against the other parent, actively trying to get children to not have parents. That's the kind of thing that they're engaging in. And that's what these flying monkeys are like. They don't think about bigger pictures, because like I said, low sense of worth, small people. That's why they engage in these kinds of gossipy discussions. They can't see the whole thing. Like, what do you want these people to do? Not have friends and family? And just be isolated and alone. Is that is that what you want? Like That's absolutely ridiculous, and this is what I don't think people conceptualize when they engage in practices like petty gossip and things, is that they don't realize, what what do they want from people? What do they want? They want them to be alone and miserable, because that's what they're creating, essentially. So we haven't really talked about anything spiritual here. It's been more um, mildly pop psychology-based talking about things like toxicness, narcs, and flying monkeys, which aren't genuine psychological terms, or narcissistic personality disorder is. But what would I say about this spiritually? I think when you engage with narcissistic people, it's always a lesson in your true self and your higher self because you choose whether or not you partake in this kind of behavior and engage. So I think that those involved with narcs And especially when it comes to terms of energy and energy exchange and interaction, because we know that NAS can steal our energy. So it really becomes a practice to really maintain and hold your own energy and not become drained emotionally or spiritually. But it's the same really with the flying monkeys. You're choosing whether or not you engage these people. And when you allow them to continue this kind of petty behavior and you engage them, you're giving them energy. And I think, in my opinion, the best thing you can do is, like, cut them off until they cut the bullshit. So where does that leave our flying monkeys? Well, like I said, they already have, like, lack of personal energy, lack of personal boundaries. And that's why they're engaging with this negative energy. And all they're doing is breeding negativity and taking themselves away from their higher purpose and their higher selves. And they're vibrating at such a low frequency because they're engaging in petty drama, which is sad. Well, I think we're in a good place now (laughs) to end. I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff. It's mostly been a bit of a rant on my side, but I wanted to get the terms out there, and, and I try not to get too direct, because I want you to be able to put in your own experiences into the situations that we're describing. But overall... I think, you know, this is a good introduction to the term flying monkeys and what kind of people they are. But as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. It would be great to hear. So please, if you have some time or some thoughts, you know, email, Facebook, Instagram, any of those places, I'll hopefully get another episode out before Christmas where we can talk more about like things like black sheep and um, being the family outcast, which I think will be fun. Anyways, have good mental health, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Bye.